0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. Welcome everyone watching with us on live. How are we feeling this morning? We we good? Ready? Somewhat fired up? Did did our nerves calm a little bit from last night? Are we okay this morning? Maybe just a little bit. Some of us are, some of us aren't. Uh, One thing I know, like it was probably an overloaded amount of prayers coming from the state of Alabama at about 6 o'clock last night. No doubt about it. Um, But man, I'm glad you decided to wake up. And come to church this morning, maybe, you know, trying to fulfill some of those prayers that we made last night just to try and get the outcome that we're looking for. But if I've not met you, my name is Matt Powers. I serve here as a teaching pastor and one of the elders. Uh, And I'm excited about the message today. Uh, This whole series really has been amazing as we are in the final installment of our series, Grateful. And if you want to go ahead and plot your notes inside your worship guide, follow with us uh, today. Listen, I I believe in note-taking. If you're not a note-taker, listen, we all got to break those terrible habits at some point. Today can be that day uh, because I believe God will speak to us today. I'm probably going to say something really dumb, but the Lord is going to speak to us uh, in something that we can carry out of here uh, this week and into the end of the year and into next year. So the theme verse we've used for this entire series comes out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 and it says be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus to be thankful in all circumstances. See, it's easy to be thankful when things are good. It's easy to be thankful whenever everything is going well, the way that we wanted it to, you know, when life is good and the job is good, man, money's flowing in and this and that. Everything's probably so easy to be thankful. But man, when things aren't going the way we wanted, it's tough. We kind of get down to the dumps. We get negative really, really quickly. And man, the world is on fire. We hate everything. We hate everyone. And it's awful. But the Bible tells us to be thankful in all circumstances, even whenever it may not be the best. In week one, we talked about the things that make us not grateful, that we talked about that there are things in our lives that, you know, it, it didn't work out the way we wanted. We wanted this, and we got some of that, and we're just not grateful for it at all, even though we should be, but we're not. And we talked about our fruitfulness can sometimes make us ungrateful because we believe, after a certain amount of time especially, that I did that, It's because of my work that I was able to achieve that. It was because of my sacrifice. It was the things that I did, I was able to reap this fruit. And we begin to get really familiar with our situation. Then we just completely forget that God ever had anything to do with it. And it makes us ungrateful. In week two, we talked about being grateful whenever times are difficult. We talked about having an attitude of gratitude, because that is what it's going to take for us to have that positive attitude to still be grateful whenever things aren't going the way that we thought that they should. And then last week, we talked about being grateful to God. How can we do that? How can we show God that we are grateful for him? We're grateful for Jesus. We're grateful for the things that he has done. And then today, we've titled the message, The Gratefulness Gap. Today, we're going to talk about closing the gap of gratefulness to be able to be grateful to each other. Be grateful to other people. I know that's like crazy talk right there. But to be grateful for those people in your life that maybe get on your nerves from time to time. To be grateful for that person that sits across the cubicle from you that just will not stop talking. To be grateful for the people that you're stuck in traffic with on 65 tomorrow morning trying to get to work. To just be grateful for other people in our lives and maybe some of the value that they're able to provide to us, especially coming off of Thanksgiving. I mean, how fitting is that, that it sets up that we're going to talk about being grateful to other people? Because that's originally kind of what Thanksgiving was a lot about. We'd get together with family, with friends. Some of those people were really grateful to be able to hang out with some of those. You're like, I don't know how I could have ended up in this situation. Just get me out of here as soon as possible. And we reflect and we talk about the things we're grateful for and we express our gratitude in certain situations, but that has really been taken away over the last 15 or 20 years or so because now it's about, you know, what can I go buy that I don't need with the money that I don't have to get myself in more debt, but it's a super deal, so I actually made money on this thing. And that's kind of the mentality we have out of Thanksgiving now. This idea of being grateful for the people in our lives and the value that they add to us. you know I think that even though we don't express it very well, inside, ultimately, we are grateful for the people in our lives, but we just don't express it in the greatest of ways. And I think the reason for that is, is we've done a really great job minimizing the value that we have. Because we'll think, well, I'm just me. I'm not, I'm not anyone. Why would saying thank you for something have any impact on someone because of me? I haven't added anything to the world. I'm no good. I'm not helpful. And we just minimize that we actually have value and that we actually matter. But it's the reason that, that you know, God sent Jesus, even though we were still sinners, even though we're still bad, we're not good enough, we don't deserve it, he still sent him because of the love that he has for us. That tells you, you matter. You have value. Yes, something as simple as just saying thank you to someone can carry a whole lot of weight for people. So, how do we close that gap? Because what happens is whenever we're unable to tell people thank you and show that we have gratitude for them, it actually leads those people to believe, well, they're just an ungrateful person. They just don't care at all. When the fact is, we actually do. We just don't think that saying thank you or showing that gratitude will do anything. We're being Luke chapter 17 pretty much all day today. And I'm going to read the story to you. And we're going to take pieces out of that story that I think will help us close that gap. But it's Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. And it says, As Jesus continued toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He, he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. In verse 17, Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. You know, this man showed that, hey, I'm thankful. He told, hey, thank you. Praise God. This is, this is awesome. He realized the value that that can carry. The Harvard Business Review did a study not too long ago where they took a university and they took 20, uh, 40 different fundraisers, and they split them in half. Twenty of them, they were going to send letters of gratitude to all of the donors for these particular fundraisers, just to say how thankful they were for their donation. The other 20, they weren't going to tell anyone that they were thankful, but they were going to send them a letter just giving them updates of where the money was being spent, just to kind of see how this worked. And what they found is the ones that they sent the letters of gratitude to saw a 50% increase in donations for those particular fundraisers just by simply saying thank you. We really appreciate your support. Didn't care about the updates, didn't care about all this stuff. Just a simple thank you carried so much weight. So that's what we're going to do is take parts of this story in Luke chapter 17 and really break it down. We've got three things for you today to be able to close that gratefulness gap. So let's pray, see what God wants to tell us today. God, we love you. we're just thankful to be in your presence. We just want to pray over your word today. Pray over every single person who's come in here, all of those watching online. And God, just pray that our hearts and our minds are open. Just pray we will receive the word that you are trying to give us today, God, just that we'll get it exactly where we need it. So we walk out of this place better than we walked in. We walked out of here with an attitude of gratitude that we'll be able to to take to people within our lives, God. We'll give you all the credit for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. So, number one, how do we close this gap? We're going to see in verse 15 how this comes about, but it's pretty simple. Say it. It's as simple as just saying thank you. Oh, you held the door open for me. Thank you. You hand me coffee. Thank you. You picked that. Thank you. Thank you. That's simple, just saying thank you. It says in verse 10, verse 10, or I'm uh, sorry, verse 15 One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. One of them came back and said, thank you, Jesus. This is awesome. Praise God. Amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I love when he read that story, what Jesus said. He's like, well, didn't I heal 10 men? And only one came back? Just one? Now, see, I believe that most of us probably fit in with the other nine a lot of the time. Because what's happened is, yes, we are grateful we got it. We got what we prayed for. We got the thing. We got what we needed. It's great. We're so thankful and we're so grateful, but we got it and life moves on, man. I got to keep on going. I got the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I don't have time to go back and say how thankful I am to the one who provided that for me. It takes just a second just to say, Thank you, because now we expect it. We have this overwhelming sense of entitlement that because it's me, because I did this, because I did that, well, I deserve this. I had a little part in this as well, instead of just saying, thank you. This man goes back to Jesus, praise God, thank you. Should be something we should do constantly with Jesus. I know we talked about it last week, just thanking him, but he gives us the greatest gift ever. How often do we actually say, thank you? Because we fall into this trap that we think salvation is based on you, but it's not. It's placed on you by Jesus. Just simple saying, thank you for what I've experienced. Thank you for what I have. Thank you for what you did for me. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Alabama fans, listen. (laughs) Y'all may hate me for this, but I've seen the social media posts. I've seen how we acted yesterday, all season, maybe even the last couple of years. Listen, it's going to end, okay? This last 15, 16 year run, it's going to end. You know, Alabama's gonna go back to playing in like the Cheez It Bowl or something like that, not for championships. When that is, we don't know, but it's gonna happen. And some will, but most won't. We'll be mad. And we'll hate everyone. We'll hate the players. We'll hate the coaches. We'll hate everyone and everything because our team is not good anymore. Ever thought just to say, man, I'm so thankful for what I've experienced the last 15, 16 years. It's unprecedented. This type of stuff doesn't happen. Most of us could probably say, no, I haven't said I'm thankful for that at all because I want what I want now. That was cool, but now I need more. Just as simple as saying Thank you. Paul does a great job of this. We'll see this in Romans chapter one. He says, let me first say that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Just right off the bat, man, Paul's like, man, I thank you guys. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. Because of your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. Thank you guys. Because of what you're doing, people are learning about Jesus all over the world. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night, I bring you and your needs and prayer to God whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. We could take a a page out of Paul's book right here and be like, man, thank you. It's amazing what you're doing. So we don't say it enough. In fact, we have a hard time sharing any type of positive experience. We don't like to tell people things that are good. I don't know why, we just don't. But we will gladly talk about a negative experience that we've had. Whether it's through reviews or social media, come on, we can't wait to fight with that person online. It fires us up. The sex studies show that we're 64% more likely to talk about a negative experience we've had than a positive experience that we've had. But our words have power. Believe it or not, you do have value. Your words have power. Do I have any golfers in the room? Golfers? Anyone play golf? Golfers? Golfers? Come on, golfers are. Listen, we're a weird bunch. All right. Throughout the round of golf, we're talking to the golf ball constantly. I mean, just picture it. Like, you're, you're on the par four. You're on number 12 par four. You hit that perfect drive right down the middle, lands in the middle of the fairway. You got 130 yards in for a birdie opportunity. You line it up. And you. Poof. Be the right club. Be the right club. Come on. Come on. Get up. Get up. Go. Go. Go ball. Go ball. Hold on. Hold on. Stay tight. Stay sit. 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 Bite. Bite. Hold on. Ah, yeah. And we think we had something to do with that. But that's what golfers do. We do. We think by talking to the ball, it's got an impact on what actually happened with the ball. Not our swing. Not, it's because we talked to the ball and we told it what to do. Words have power. Believe it or not, they actually do. They don't necessarily control a golf ball, but golfers, we believe that. But when it comes to each other, your words have power. This past week, my wife and I and our kids, we we spent the week down at uh, Disney and Universal Studios. And a couple things we love to do whenever we're there is, one, I love to see people outfit choices. It is unbelievable what they wear to theme parks these days. Um, Little pro tip, if you go, looking good doesn't matter, okay? It just doesn't. Ladies, don't wear the heels. You're going to hate your life at 4 o'clock, okay? You walk like (laughs) 30,000 steps. It's not worth it all. But the other thing that we like to do is people watch. Just watching people is great. But one thing we really took note of this time was how people talk to each other, how families are speaking to each other. So one family in particular, we were walking out of Men in Black at Universal Studios. There's was a family of five, a mom and dad, three kids. The youngest was probably seven years old or so. Man, the kids were just having the time of their life. And Men in Black, it's a game. You ride through, you're there to shoot aliens and get a high score. And at the end, you can push this red button get a 100,000 point bonus. It's great. But they're walking out. Kids are smiling, they're laughing, they're having a good time. This youngest seven-year-old, probably, he's just loving it. Man, this was so great. If I would have got the 100,000 point bonus, I would have won. And the mom, without skipping a beat, says, well, you didn't. You lost. In fact, you're the worst one of all of us. The deflation in that kid, by simple words. Saw this other family at Disney World on Monday. We're getting ready to eat something. We just found a nice little spot. Hey, what do we want to go eat before we go do the next thing? And Listen, they had to have been there all week long because this was the tipping point. She had had enough. And it was a family. I think they had three kids also. And the husband was there. And I think they were there were probably her parents. And she is giving it to them. Like she's had enough. She's like, man, you guys are so ungrateful. All you do is whine and complain the entire time. Who is waking up every morning picking out the matching outfits? Who is waking up every morning booking all the genie passes and all the lightning eggs? Who's setting up all the rides for you all day long? Who's booking all the dinner and lunch reservations for everybody? Well, all you do is just sleep and do your own thing and just worry about you. It's me. And she had had it. Husband says, well, I mean, what do you you want from us? Man, I just want to thank you for what you've done. That's all I want. And then he makes the worst decision a human could make. He goes, oh, well, thank you. And that was it. She blew up. She grabbed the kids. She took off to the other side of the walkway. She had had enough. But all she was looking for was a thank you. Just a little bit of gratitude, saying, hey, I, I see what you've done. Thank you for taking your time. Thank you for setting all of this up. Thank you for what you've done for us. We really, really appreciate it. The tongue has the power of life and death. We have that opportunity to speak life into people just by saying thank you. It's that simple. And studies have actually shown that saying thank you and expressing gratitude in that way is good for you. It's good for your physical health, your mental health. We sleep better, we're in better moods, decreases depression, anxiety, simply by saying thank you. So, for us today, who in your life may need to hear thank you from you? And what type of impact can that make? Truth is, all of us should have probably dozens of people that we could say thank you to that we just don't say thank you to. Could be your spouse, your kids, a parent, coworker, boss, employees, a neighbor, family member, friend, someone that maybe had an impact in your life you haven't spoken to in a while. Just a simple thank you. They polled nurses and, and asked them, you know, when people are at their dying moments... What are they most regretful for? And always, number one, is I wish I would have worked less and spent more time with my family. But what they also showed is that number two was I wish I were able to express my gratitude. I didn't get to tell the people in my life that I'm grateful for them enough. And the truth is, we don't know when our final moments may be. We just don't. We don't get that luxury of knowing when that's going to happen. So while we have the opportunity, the people in our lives, just to say, hey, thank you. Man, I really I don't say it enough, but thank you, man. That could carry so much weight because we don't know when our last time is. What left unsaid today could pay dividends if we were just to say it. Just say thank you. Number two, the second way is we show it. Actions speak louder than words. Not only do we say thank you, but man, I'm going to show it as well. That's exactly what this man did. Luke 17 verse 16. He comes praise to God comes to Jesus he fell to the ground at Jesus's feet thanking him for what he had done not only did he say it man there was an act there was something I'm showing I'm falling at his feet showing him how thankful I am for what has happened for me you know just a simple kind gesture can go such a long ways. I've told this story before, but a few years ago, my wife and I uh, went to Boston, went to Fenway Park. She somehow got our vows renewed on the field at Fenway. It was incredible. Uh, And the way she did it was was awesome. But the person who made it all happen came in just to go to the game on her off day. She heard my wife's story and she just made it happen. It was unbelievable. And we've kept in touch with her since then. And we still talk to her. And we go to Boston, we see her and the access she gives us to the Red Sox and Fenway Park is Unbelievable. We definitely don't deserve it, and we're so grateful for that, and we tell her all the time. But after she got our vows renewed on the field at Fenway Park, it's like, thank you isn't enough. Like, we were, hey, we we sent you a, a gift card, we sent cards, we sent letters, we sent emails to the Red Sox. Like, there's nothing we could do to show our gratitude enough for what she had done for us. And I don't think people who do things for us get that type of appreciation that often. They make it a simple thank you, which is amazing but to take it even a step further and just showing our gratitude. Because our ultimate gratitude should come from Jesus and what he did for us. We should be able to show that all the time, that it's not based on a circumstance. It's not based on an email or a text message. It's not based on the stock market or gas prices or mortgage rates. or It's not based on election results or anything like that. Our gratitude is based strictly off of Jesus. The tomb is still empty today. That's not changing. It's not going to change. We still get the seat in heaven with Jesus. That's unchanging. And that should be enough. That is something that should permeate throughout our lives and overflow and showing that type of gratitude to other people. You want to cut gratitude out of your life like that? Man, make it about yourself and what Jesus hasn't done for you yet, but maybe did for your neighbor. Like, well, he, he healed them. What, what's going on with me? He showed up for them. He favored them. He performed the miracle for them. But he hasn't done it for me. Listen, he died for me. He saved me. That is enough for me to be grateful for a lifetime. It just is. That should overflow everywhere. Not just saying it, but, man, I'm going to go an actual step. I'm going to show it. You know, when people oftentimes will go to social media and they'll ask for prayer requests. You know, they have this going on. They have that going on with them or their family. And whenever that happens, what do we most of the time see? A load of comments. Praying, 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 prayer hands, praying, prayer hands, praying, 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 praying. Like hundreds of comments. And they're great. Because that is a way of saying it, saying, hey, I see you. Hey, I'm with you. But I'm pretty confident that not not every single one of those comments actually took the time to sit down and pray for that person. Because two seconds later, we scrolled a funny video that we had to watch and laugh about. And we completely forgot about that situation. Listen, saying it and pray, that's great. But what if we did take it a step further? We didn't just say it, but we showed it. What if we sent that person a message? What if we sent them a text? What if we picked up the phone and actually talked to them and spoke to them and said, Hey, I see, I see what's going on. I see what's happening. You want to talk about it? Hey, can I pray with you on the phone right now? The step that that will take, what that will do for that person and their situation is unbelievable just by taking it another level further not saying it but also showing what if we went further than that what if we typed praying what if we called them we talked to them we prayed with them on the phone but what if we went further well, we went something like, hey God, I, I see what the Jones family is going through right now. And God, it's a near impossible situation. I don't know how they're going to get through it, but God, we're lifting them up to you. We're praying for healing and comfort and peace and all that. But God, what do you want from me in their situation? God, what can I do for the Jones family? God, how do you want to use me? Because I am your servant. I am your vessel. How can I be used in their situation? How can you put me in their situation? God, what can you do? What can I do for them? Watch out. If we take it that level, God will do some things in our lives that we could not believe to show people the gratitude that we have for him. We'll begin to plant seeds of gratitude, <clears throat> which will change generations. It'll be a generational change in our family if we do that. It goes back to the principle of sowing and reaping. When we sow those seeds of gratitude, watch out. But it goes both ways. So you can't plant apple seeds and expect to get orange trees. Like, it, it doesn't work that way. We can want it, but it doesn't work that way. You know, if we sow seeds of anger and hate and selfishness and unforgiveness and all of that, and we wonder why we're so miserable and hate everyone all the time, well, we're not getting punished. We're reaping a harvest that we sowed. You know, whenever we eat four times a week or thanking Jesus for the three Big Macs we're about to eat. and you know Every Friday night, we're celebrating the week with a six-pack of beer, and we do the same on Saturday to watch football. And then on Sunday, praise the Lord and all his glory, I'm going to celebrate with another six-pack. And we wake up 30 pounds heavier a year from now. It's not a punishment. We're reaping a harvest from the seeds that we sowed in our life. That's the way that it works. So what seeds might we be sowing today? Seeds of gratitude can go such a long way. But The difficult part about that is we may never see the harvest of the seeds that we planted. We may not. But if we're consistent, we're continuing sowing those good seeds of gratitude, listen, just because you didn't see the harvest doesn't mean that the seed wasn't planted. It's going to be for those other people. Never underestimate what a kind gesture can do for somebody. Opening the door, telling them thank you, doing something for a Man, it can go and go and go. So what are some ways that we can show our gratitude to people this week? Buy someone a coffee. It's that simple. Buy someone breakfast. Take a dozen donuts to work with you tomorrow morning. Do something for your spouse, for those of you who are married. Man, if they usually do the dishes or laundry or something like that, do it for them without them even asking. Remember what it was like when you married them and they were perfect. Man, she was everything. She was perfect. Ooh, yes. But now she's just there. I mean, come on, ladies. He showed up that one day. You were just waiting. He had the perfect hair and the smile. He's chiseled. He's amazing. He's tall. Come on, he plays the guitar. He sings songs to you. He cooks you dinner. He cleans up after. He sits on the couch and watches all the shows with you. He's spontaneous. He's just incredible. And now he sits on the couch with you to watch those same shows because he hasn't changed at all. And you cannot stand for him to be near you because you hate the way he sounds, whatever he chews. And you're just like, get away from me. You prayed for this man. He showed up. And now. Listen, you want to improve your marriage? Try to outdo your spouse in showing gratitude. It will completely change everything. What seeds could we sow today that could benefit others tomorrow? Just by showing gratitude. And the third thing we do, we share it. Say it, show it, share it. It's exactly what happens in verse 19. He says, And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Oftentimes when Jesus says go, I mean it's like tell people, show people. Let them see the change that has been made what he's saying. Listen, we live in a culture of share. Every single website and and article and blog and social media, the share button is right there. It's so easy to share things. And we love to share everything that we can possibly get our hands on. Man, we share memes and reels and videos with people all the time. In fact, we spend probably more times doing that than we do other things, but we're constantly sharing things. But why are we not sharing the godly gratitude that he has given us? for the world to see as believers, man, this should be our space. We should be influencers in this space. We'll see another another story in Luke chapter 8. Man's just been freed of demons. And it says, the man who has been freed of the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family. Tell them everything that God has done for you. So he went through... Through the town, and proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. He wanted to go with Jesus. I mean, I would too. Can you blame the guy who just got healed? I want to go with Jesus too. This guy's awesome. I want to spend all my days with him. But Jesus says, no, you don't need to go anywhere because you are planted right where you need to be and you can have an impact where you stand. That goes for all of us too. Share it. What has Jesus done for you? How can you share your gratitude? Anyone know who Mr. Beast is? Mr. Beast you should. He's one of the most popular YouTube people on the planet. He has 214 million subscribers. He is known for his overwhelming amount of gratitude and sharing and just giving and giving and giving and giving. He gives away houses, cars, clothes, food, money, you name it. He gives the stuff away. When asked about it, he's like, man, I just want to do some good. He makes around $60 million a year just from YouTube. In fact, he gives most of that away just because he wants to do good. In fact, just recently, he paid $3 million to help deaf people hear again. He paid $5 million to help 2,000 amputees to get the resources they needed to be able to walk again. He paid for 1,000 people who were nearly blind or blind to have surgery to be able to see again. Just recently, he built 100 wells in Africa for people who didn't have water. He just gives. And he is not a follower of Christ. He just wants to share. He just wants to do good. So as believers, what can we be able to do to share our gratitude? What does that look like? How can you use your influence to be a model of gratitude for Jesus? Because you are an influencer. You may not be Mr. Beast level with 214 million subscribers, but believe it or not, you're an influencer. Whether it's 214 million or one, because your influence isn't based on your platform, it's based strictly on you. And you have that opportunity. We'll like, we'll subscribe, we'll share all the Mr. Beast content we could ever find. So why don't we do it for Jesus? Because studies show that 78% of people who call themselves Christians will never in their entire life have a conversation about Jesus with someone who is a non-believer. 78% will never tell anyone about Jesus. That is a shocking number. And we have the opportunity to change that. I can't imagine, you know, when Jesus comes back, if we're still alive to be able to see that. could be next week. We don't know. But if he came back next week, and and here we go, we're going up with Jesus. This is awesome. But because I was one of the 78%, my best friend isn't. I can't imagine turning around and looking him in the face, feeling like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me about Jesus? I mean, if this was real, if this really changes lives, why did you never tell me? Church, we can't be that 78%. We can't be that 78%. Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, Go out to the world and make disciples. Don't keep it for yourself, man. Go out to the world and tell people about Jesus and the change and the impact that he's had in your life. Just share your story. This room is full of stories. Man, if all of us just went and told one person the impact that can make for eternity, watch out. Let's not be that 78%. We have the opportunity to change the world just by sharing Jesus, share what he has done for us. I want to pray for you. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes, worship team's going to come back up. <clears throat> I just want to pray for you. Listen, maybe, maybe you haven't had the opportunity to share because you don't know Jesus. Maybe no one has had that conversation with you ever. And you don't have to just take it from me. There are people throughout this room who will be happy to share the experience that Jesus has had in their life and the impact that he has made. But that's where it starts. Starts with the decision. Starts with that step. It just starts by saying yes to Jesus, just giving my life to him. You need to start with that decision, stake him that step. And it'll simply start with a prayer. You'd say, God, today, Man, I'm asking for forgiveness for all of my sins. That I recognize you sent Jesus to die on a cross for me. And today I'm making him my Lord and Savior. That I'll make Jesus number one in my life. And God, for all of our friends here today, I pray over the 78%. God, I pray that we will not be that group. God, I pray you'll give us the wisdom, the words, the confidence to be able to step into a conversation and just share what you have done. God, we're thankful for what you've done. We want to be able to show it to the world. But I pray for us to have an opportunity this week and next week. And the week after, just to share what you have done. So we can be your vessel and we can help make heaven a bigger place for you. And God, when you show up in those ways, we'll give you all the credit for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we honor Jesus together, y'all? Come on.